Hello, everybody. We're the ministry team at Evening Light Tabernacle in Mendon, Louisiana. We're happy that you have joined with us today and hope uh, our discussion will bless you and enlighten you. Hope you'll get your friends to join with us. Uh, let everybody know that we're online and talking about the good word of God. And we got Amen. some good things to talk about Amen. today once more. Um, we've been talking about the early church and how that uh, Paul had said and John had said that the Antichrist would come and how he would come with deception and so on. But um, he spoke of particularly, um, uh, actually it was John that spoke of particularly in the early church losing its first love. And I, I think of this as in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 2, that Jesus said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear with them that are, which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. So we already see that there are imposters in the church right. and they are claiming the position of ministry wow. of an apostle of apostle means one cent right and and are not but they are not but they have found them liars and the early church was contending against these and 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 discovering uh, these false apostles and um, it goes on but it goes on to say that even Jesus said of that church even though you, you've done good, you've, you've whispered false apostles, but yet I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. What do you think he was talking about? There seems to be um, a pattern through the Bible, through the book of Judges, uh, through revival history, that when God visits a generation, Every time he visits a generation where he reveals a portion of his word or restores the word to a generation, it brings revival. In other words, every revival is built off a revelation of the word brought to a certain Something age. inspired them. Something. and in, Yes. And it returns their hearts back. And then they set a fire. This causes what we would call revival. We see it in Judges where they would backslide, want to be like the other nations, and then God would send, allow an enemy to come in and chase them, and they would begin to cry out to God, and he would raise up a deliverer. Mm -hmm. And then they would turn back to the Word of God, and it would set a revival. And then in the New Testament church, which was Paul's age, they uh, they receive the Holy Ghost. They receive the New Testament. And for a while they endured. And they lived victorious over sin. They uh, went out preaching the gospel and the power of the resurrection. But just, just a brief span. And that original fire begins to die down. Mm. And it isn't anything obviously sinful for but it just begins to take on a formality. Ah, formality. The original fire, the fervent desire Fancy. to please God, the reaching out in the Spirit, it all begins to fade. Passion yeah. for His Word. The passion for His Word, the reaching out into the Spirit. And yeah. It begins to fade. And, and then, then the church begins to prosper as it begins to grow. Mm. And it leans towards material things opposed to its spiritual beginnings. It begins to get formal. 
Yeah. Worship, you know, becomes just a ritual, something that we do. You know, I mean, it's Sunday. We're going to go to church. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's just a ritual instead of that fervency. That, and it don't take very many generations for this to no. happen. No, not that's yeah. You know, this reminds me um, Isaiah's prophecy, where he, you know God said um, in Isaiah once, "I hate your sacrifices. I, yeah. you know, I don't want anymore. They, there's tension in my nostril." Yeah. And because they were coming in worshiping, actually doing what he said, going yes, through the motions of bringing the lamb, offering the blood, going through the sacrifice, but they were doing it without sincerity. Amen. They had, you know, it was yeah. now, mm-hmm. oh, this is what we do. You know, it was formal. It, it had no meaning Amen. to the person. Um, you know, the the, the lamb um, could now just be bought in the market and taken and, and whatever, you know, originally they would have raised their lamb and loved that lamb and watched it to grow and, and realized this lamb will die in my place for my sins. But got a point, you know, it just now wasn't my religion. It was my father's religion, right. something handed down. Well, one of y'all mentioned while I go to the church growing, and, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, it was, we want we want to see the church grow we want to see people have the opportunity at salvation but what happens is the the new people sitting on the pew or the people born into a christian family they're raised up in it but like you said it's there this this daddy's religion so this is what i do this is where we've always gone to church so this is where i go and in the lack of fervency I, i believe is because they haven't had their own experience they're living off the glow of the light of another time you know, they're, they're hearing all the stories, but they haven't experienced Christ for themselves. Oh, my. So, therefore, they're, they're just a church member. Yeah. And when you're just a church member, you don't have that love affair with Jesus. Hmm. As many as believed on Christ gave he power to become the sons of God. Are there grandsons? Not at all. Not at all. There's no. only sons. You, you can't be saved because your daddy's the preacher you can't be saved because your mom and daddy were the the best christians that ever lived that that in god's eyes doesn't matter that's right you have to meet god you have to have an experience it has to be your sacrifice personal for you for your sins Mm -hmm. it seems to be a cycle throughout throughout all the ages that god would send an original fire right and then a couple generations after, there seems to be an organization around that revival, but it looks nothing like the original. Right. Yeah. That's right. right. And so they're associated with a name that is attached to that revival. Yeah. That's and right. and they bear record that they're associated with it. Right. But they don't bear the life that came originally. And and what's amazing is if we if we used an organization, every organization is birthed off a genuine revival that took place. Exactly. <clears throat> but history tells us that no organization ever reproduces the original revival. Mm. Right. In other words, uh, the Lutheran church was a mighty revival that called the people out of the Dark Ages, out of Catholicism and the bondage of superstition, uh, into the revelation that the just shall live by faith. But the Lutherans have never reproduced another revival like they had at the beginning. That's right. 
Same with Wesley, mm-hmm. same through the ages. Yeah. So we see then a pattern, and that's a cycle of revival and death, that there's a revival only to die off in the next generation. Yes, sir. And, and so, um, you know, the, but somewhere we got to break the cycle. Amen. Right. Yeah. That's right. Amen. I think every generation has to have a chance at the Word. Every generation, every generation have its own revival. Wonderful. Have its own revival, a chance at the Word. That's beautiful. And it's... It's on us as ministers to present them a gospel that will give them a, a chance at that an word to help create an atmosphere Amen. in which they can be be birthed. To right. come to that realization yeah. that it's not mama, it's not my dad's the preacher or the pastor or, or a deacon, but I know Christ genuinely for myself. I have a personal revelation Amen. of what he's done for me. And I believe that's the desire that we have here as a ministry team to create in this church. And I believe we want to see that spread not only from this church, but to Alice while we're doing these episodes is Amen. to share the good news and what the power of God can do. That you don't have to go up to down and have come out of revival only to die. You can keep a constant because right. God will keep you constant. Amen. So today, a revival really is a protractive meeting. We're going to have a series of services, which is uh, our revival. But really, a church ought to be in constant revival. That's Should right. be. Sure. Right. On sure. fire for God, with yeah. the presence of God, and the power of God, Amen. working, bringing salvation, deliverance, healings. It, it ought to be an atmosphere and an expectancy. And I think people Amen. have lost their expectation because they lost their first love. Exactly. Yeah. And what is that first love? What was, what was the first love of the first church? I believe it was the Word of God. The truth. Amen. A love the, for truth. The, the love for truth. That's because you see that they lost the love for truth. Yeah. They yes. have no love for truth. That's right. right. You see that later. So they had to be they start conforming to the world more than conforming to Christ. Right. And they start doing things that they used to wouldn't do. And right. Start doing they things used that to they do. used to do. That's right. Yes. That's right. And before you know it, those fires, you don't. if you don't add a log to a fire, it'll die. Amen. So, you, I mean, you've got to keep, you can feed it, you keep nurturing it, you keep moving on in the Word, you keep feeding on the Word, you know, and, and that's what happened, you know, all these false teachers begin to come in and, like you said, twist it a little bit, and those fires begin to die, and then they lost that love for the truth. Yeah, and, the, and this, is, is, this is part of what Paul said when he talked about that man of sin and sitting in the church. Yeah. He said, and for this cause, God would send a strong delusion because they received not the love for the truth. truth. Amen. And so, you know, this is when you get the Holy Spirit in your life, it gives you a love. It gives you a passion. It gives you a drive for truth and for the word of God and for it to have preeminence. They asked Jesus, what is the great commandment? And, And he said, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. This is the first and great commandment. That is the very uh, first and beginnings. And in the first church, they loved God with all that. They sold their possessions. Yeah. They forsook their families. Mm-hmm. They put everything into the gospel. And the word had preeminence in the churches and in the lives of the people. Right. But shortly after that, false apostles begin to move in and move people away from the Word, right. which plunges us into 2,000 years of, of, of a church ages. 
and there's a lot that takes place in the book of Revelation. And it was no surprise to the Lord. The Lord spoke very specifically concerning the church and the 2,000 years of history that was going to follow. Jesus told us that it would even go into the depths, from the depths of God to the very depths of Satan. My, right. My, and and that, that's all spelled out right in the book of Revelation, isn't it? You know, very distinctly. And mm -hmm. uh, it's a letter to the church, which is astounding to me because so many avoid the book of Revelation altogether as though it can't be understood. When that book is of vital importance to the That's church right. and to leaders of the church, right. and, and to this day, it actually is the revelation of Jesus Christ exposing the devil for what he is oh. yeah, and telling, Jesus said, it, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you and guide you right. into all truth right. and show you things to come. Right. So, you know, he spoke that those words of losing their first love to the very first church age, which was the Ephesian age. And that word means to be drifting or relaxed and that they had aimed at the high calling but then relaxed. God help us not to relax. Amen. Absolutely. It was that relaxing that allowed the false teaching, that allowed those things to get a foothold in there. Because if their love for the truth was just as fervent as it had ever been, they'd have been quick to recognize. Exactly. They'd have been quick to say, Amen. we won't accept that. But Amen. because there was a relaxing, that's what allowed somebody subtle as a serpent to be able to speak something just a little twisted in them for them to accept it, for them to take it down because they yeah. had relaxed mm. a little bit. Their guard was fantastic. Words. Mm. And so that, that love uh, for the word, that first love, there was no compromise in that. None at all. They were not compromised. It no. would be like a husband and wife and their promises to each other in marriage. As right. Paul had presented to Christ a chaste virgin, yeah. right. uh, it, was a, it was a marriage covenant. Right. That word, they were married to that word. Right. And they were not going to defile themselves. They were not going to compromise that vow, that word. And so the first love... Um, in our life should be the Word of God. It's right. nothing that we that we water down, that we compromise, that we just interpret or handle loosely, but we live by it. That's right. We defend it. We fight for it. We preach it. You spoke about the book of Revelation. You know, that really, I think the book of Revelation is really, if you just kind of summed it all up, it's about, it's about two women. Right. You know, it's, it's about a a woman that's going to be married to the Lamb, yeah, where exactly. that he says the marriage of the Lamb has come. Exactly. That there's somebody, you know, because species has to marry species and right. kind after kind. Amen. So the Lamb, the Lamb of God will have a Lamb on earth, a bride, a people who matches him, who will be bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. So that's one woman. The other woman is this defiled woman. Yeah. And she is called in the book of Revelation very harsh yeah. terms. You know, some, something that we don't like to speak about, but the Bible's says clear. It. it says it. I mean, so when we say what the Bible said, he called her a whore. Right. And, yes. and that represents a woman who lost her first love right. and vows to her husband, right. began yes. to take the seed in the seeds of others that was not her husband. And when the church... You know, drifts off with 
programs and seeds of man and theology and ideas that isn't that isn't firmly scriptural based, that church becomes a whore in the Bible. She manifests what Paul feared. She, that's right. I fear. Yeah, I want to present you as a chaste virgin. Yeah. Right. But I fear yeah. that Satan is going to beguile you. Right. The way he did he? And 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 you know this is true. He he um, actually typed and placed the church as a, uh, as married to Christ. And he's you know he said he typed her as a husband and wife relationship. And he said about his church, he gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church Amen. without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, Amen. but that it should be holy and without blemish. So this is God's object. He will have a church that is virgin to his word, that will be true to him, that will give his word the preeminence, and, and that her headship is not a pope or a, a, a you know, the district presbyters or a denomination, but her headship will be Christ the Word. The word. And that she'll give that word preeminence, that it will have the oversight and the leadership instead of a man-made creeds and dogmas. Amen. Amen. When the Lord speaks of his bride, he's not going to say you have lost your first love. Amen. No. So he is the husband to this woman, the, the virgin bride. Christ. He is her head. He is her owner. He is her Lord. So, you know, we come back to the the book of Revelation real briefly, and he talks about the church. And and there he said of this church that that the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her it was granted that she should be arrayed and fine linen, clean and white, for this is the righteousness of the saints. Amen. So God will have a righteous church. Amen. A righteous people right. that he will be married to, united to, will be one, and he'll take that to a wedding that uh, as as we unite with him here, but go there to that wedding supper in, in the skies is promised to us. And then after that, a great millennial reign where that he will will rule and reign with Christ a thousand years. What a promise. That's wonderful. And how we want to be committed today to be that that glorious church without spot of wrinkle. And that should be the ambition of all of our listeners out there today is let's be that glorious church. Let's not lose our passion and our drive and our love for God, but have that great desire in our heart to do what is right with everything within us. God bless you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining with the ministry team at Evening Light Tabernacle. For more information on what you have heard today, please visit us at eveninglight.net. May God bless you.